We are about to celebrate our 100th episode, and we want you there. Media Litter Sandwich, we are recording our 100th episode on July 21st, 2018 at Falling Down Beer Company in Warren, Michigan. The event starts around 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it's free. So come down, hang out. If you need more details, check out the website at medialittersandwich.com. And if you want to help out, email us at podcast at medialittersandwich.com. Today on Media Litter Sandwich. We talk about a military cartoon, something like that. Well, first of all, Discharge is not a cartoon. It's an animated comedy, an adult animated comedy. So let's just set the record straight. Welcome to Media Litter Sandwich. Media creators talking about creating media. I'm Toden from Toden.com. With me is Mark from CrazyMark.com. And you can now check us out on DVRadio.net every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. if you want to listen uh, recorded live. But the difference between that and listening through the podcast is you get to chat with us, which I think is pretty cool. And since we are now syndicated through veterans doing veterans radio stuff, uh, we found some other veterans are doing some really interesting media type work, including hi there. <laughs> Go ahead, introduce yourself and, uh, Tell us about your project. Um, I am Jazz Booth. I'm a 17-year Army veteran. I am married to a Marine Corps veteran, and our oldest son serves in the Air Force. We also have an eight-year-old that's weighing his enlistment options. Um, My entire military career, I was a human resources officer. I started off as an E-4 truck driver and then went ROTC and transferred over to the Office of Corps because I didn't want to work for a living, obviously. So... (laughs) (laughs) So what are you currently working on? So I um, created my first animated project called Discharge. And it's basically if um, Family Guy in Full Metal Jacket had a baby that would be discharged. So it's an animated comedy about four veteran friends that are navigating their, their next chapter. And they're the four most mishmash veterans ever. Um, but, you know, that's how the military is. We're a potpourri of a bunch of people. We're brothers and sisters. But it's just um, funny that we put them in a Hollywood setting um, after their transition. And now they're just pretty much running amok. Yeah, I've seen some of the trailers. So the movie itself isn't out yet. Well, we're actually in film festival rotation. So we okay. went to the International Film Festival. We won Best Pilot because it is a, a short film, but pilot um format because our ultimate goal is to produce a series and have it on either on streaming or network TV. Now, do you have a website where people can go to check you all out? Yes, you can go to DischargeComedy.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. Very good. Cool. I'm looking it up because somebody gave me uh, a link to go look it up somewhere and I ended up in a wrong web address. I forgot the discharge comedy. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing right yeah, now. So I'm found, actually going to look, look it up. He found a different type of discharge <laughs> and uh, ended up in a click hole. Yeah. <laughs> so what program did you use to animate this? Um, I believe our animate, I'm not an animator. I just, okay. 
produced it, but I believe it was produced uh, mainly on Toon Boom. Okay. So, you know, yeah, but you wrote and directed it, which I've seen you got some behind the scenes with a bunch of actors and, you know, all the voice actors and everything. How was it getting everybody together? Well, you know, the the clips that you see where we're in a room full of people, we just invited a bunch of people we didn't know because we wanted to get honest feedback. Because if you know, if you invite 20 of your friends, they'd be like, oh, that's like the greatest thing ever when it sucks. So we just invited 20 people we didn't know. Um, We were in um, North Carolina where Michael Penny, the voice of Axel, lives. And it was weird because I put out this call and a bunch of white dudes with beards showed up. (laughs) This is going to be a tough crowd. Um, (laughs) But but they got it. And, you know, everybody laughed and enjoyed it. So it just let me know I was on the right track. There were also civilians there. So it's not heavily written to the point where um, someone who had never served couldn't understand what we're talking about. Um, but it was great having everybody in the room and that's my first animated project to get that, that feedback. Um, made me feel like I was trending in the right direction. <laughs> now with this uh, cartoon, this uh, animated feature uh, putting together, how many people are you collabing with to make this thing happen? Okay, so we work with one production company that helps us do like the editing, um, Essence cartoon and the animator we had is a 19 year old girl in hungary all right wow <laughs> it's an international production I, how did you yeah, um the guy who did the backgrounds for me he's out of vietnam the thing is anime animation is very expensive mm-hmm. and everybody charges you triple quadruple i don't got that kind of money living off a of va disability pay so yeah i went abroad um <laughs> to get it done so pretty much those are my three main people who did the production um, for me. And then we had the best four of us that are main actors. And there was one guy who did about 12 voices. So all of the extra voices wow. being done is all one guy. And, and, and the one female outside of Marissa did all the female voices. <laughs> well, so far, I've a team of like six to eight. Yeah. The, yeah. So this was a paid project because you're paying the animators on this. Oh, yeah. I have to pay the animators. You know, people, they love this, but they want to get paid. So, you know, I could, <laughs> they're like, yeah, we're all about service members and here's our rate. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you have to pay to get it done. You know, animated animation is a very long and tedious, you know, project. We use traditional 2D, so it's, you know, frame by frame. Um, it took us, it took the, the young lady who did it about six months to crank it out. And we were a little bit worried about the quality of the animation, but we're not selling animation. We're selling a story. And so from people looking at it from a production standpoint, they can always get better animators. And so we were ensured we were sure to focus on the story and not just, you know, the greatest animation. But if you look at the earlier, you know, South Parks, Family Guys and Simpsons, they don't look like they did now they all involve. I mean, they evolved, but everyone's always was looking at the story. Nobody was like, oh, my God, the animation could be better. They were like, I can't wait to see the next episode. So that's what we kind of like yeah. at the end of it. It's a pilot is what it is. And, and yes. that's the purpose of the pilot. Right. And so then you're also looking to shop it around, maybe see if someone, uh, a big studio will pick it up. Exactly. So that's what we were doing with the pilot. And that's what we're hoping to give us some success at the film festivals. Cool. The next one will be at um, 
Gen Con, which is a Comic Con style event in Indianapolis on August fourth. So oh we'll be- yeah, we we know lots of people that will be at Gen Con. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I, I won't be there this year, but I I Me I'm, either. <laughs> big shout out to all our PingleCon peeps that we know go to Gen Con. Same thing with all the Yumacon peeps that go out there. Um, I wonder if Turtle Trinkets is going to be there. They, I, th- they, I know that they do. Okay, some. yeah, Dave, Dave from Turtle Trinkets. I he posted recently and he said that the last con he did will be the last one downriver for a very Gen long Cons time. and not yeah. not downriver. I know Gen Con is out of state, so yeah. he's going to be hitting all the big cons now. Yeah, he might. Be, I don't know if he's going to be there. I don't know. <laughs> Check out Turtle Trinkets to figure out where the hell Dave is. Yes, Dave. <laughs> whoop whoop. <laughs> But yeah, we we got uh, we're over in Michigan, so uh, we definitely know people that go over there for Gen Con. It's a th- that that's a big con. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see if we can get anyone to dress up like any of the characters. I know somebody's dying to put on those silkies and dress like Axel. I just know someone. Somebody's <laughs> that anxious to cut their hair and be bought like Major. So we'll probably get more Axels out of out of the group. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll just get an army of axles. It's fine. <laughs> right. So, uh, um, how many trailers are out there? Because I only saw like little clips online. So there's a super trailer on online. It's about three and a half minutes long. Mm-hmm. That's a, a compilation of all the trailers that we've had cut up. The thing is, with festival, you can't put too much out there because they're just enough to grab people's attention. Um, but ultimately we would like love to put just a pilot up so people can see where we started from. If we go somewhere, but while you're in festival mode, you can't put it out there because then it would disqualify you. Yeah. Not in the first year festival mode for, for sure. It depends yeah. on the, on the level, um, yeah. which we were actually, we're just talking to, um, another festival organizer, uh, about a half hour ago, yeah. uh, we were talking to a trauma dance, uh, Detroit organizer Terrence, which I don't think they mind too much if it's out. But then again, it's a much smaller festival, and uh, and that's way more focused on your trauma audience. <laughs> if you know yeah. anything about uh, uh, trauma, which is Toxic Avenger, Duke Nukem, Hire, and all that yeah. really crazy stuff. Um, <laughs> so, what what made you want one? What made you want to do this story? Well, um, I am I am very open about my um, battle with major depressive disorder, and um, I have a lot of sleepless nights. And I watch a lot of animation at night. And when I'm watching it, I'm like laughing. I'm in a good mood. I'm not thinking about you know how bad the VA sucks or how bad my mental state or physical state is. And in that moment, I'm just having a great time. And so for me, it became a respite. And I said, well, I, you know, I, I want to share this with other people, but I wanted to use veteran stories and animation, you know, to tell the story and not just, just do something, you know, well, that hadn't been done. Because the thing is like Hollywood is, you know, we've seen enough war movies. They're probably working on their 30th World War II movie as we speak. Only for the year. It's only 30th <laughs> of this year. Or it's, you know, another documentary on PTSD. But our stories are either, you know, heroes or suffering. And so I wanted to create a balance through animation to tell our stories, but not have it be so somber or super unrealistic. Because, you know, the war movies, they tell one story and it's usually the male story and the hyper masculine male story. 
Well, we know everyone in the military ain't male and they damn sure ain't hyper-masculine, but you know, <laughs> that's what seemed to sell. But I wanted anybody who's ever worn a uniform to be able to look at Discharge and be able to relate to one of the characters, which is why I made them you know, so diverse in, in genders and race and what they did in the military. That, yeah, that movie they had last year, I believe, with the uh, the military woman with the uh, with the uh, military dog, how she was able to rescue it from um, you know being put down and bring into civilian life. That was an excellent movie in its own right. Yeah, uh, Megan Levy. Yes, yes. But you know, she they a lot of people hated on that movie. It's like when you do anything, it's a bunch of veterans want to attack it. But the one thing they can't attack is animation because it's all satire, satire and funny. Yeah. You know, the stories will be you know based on you know real veteran stories, but again, it will be told in the way that we relate to each other. You know, in in the military, so that's what's going to make it so funny. And then in a Hollywood setting, when everyone's all uppity. You know, all the dick and fart jokes. And, so like, Jesus oh, wow. is, Jesus is um, Hispanic and like he always gets <laughs> HOA violations for parking on the grass. So like that's how stereotypical we go, you know. <laughs> Axel is like the patriotic wet dream. You know, he's like guns, um, you know, country and flag. You know, that's all he's about. And, you know, majors just around waiting, you know, to call out racism and sexism and anything stupid that anybody says, you know, this is like a purpose in life. And, um, you know, Brandon, he's like a, a black guy trapped in a skinny white guy's body. You know, he knows all the rap albums, but no black history, you know, so <laughs> he's, he's that guy. And we all know someone like, you know, like I grew up um, born and raised in Chicago and uh, I was born and raised in the projects, but when I got to the military, you know, you would meet like, uh, you know, white dudes from like down south that was all about rap and stuff. But where I'm from, you didn't meet any white dudes were about that. So it's like you go to the military and you also people these diverse backgrounds, you know, which is particularly why I like the military because you know everybody doesn't look like you, everybody doesn't think like you, but you're there, you know, for for a common bond, and that's what we're trying to portray through our animation. No. And we get on these other's nerves and we're just all racist and sexist to each other. But then <laughs> you at the end of the day. But you could get away with way more in a cartoon than you could depicting it live action. Exactly. I think that's why I think they tried um, Enlisted or something. Enlisted, yeah. But yeah. I didn't think it didn't go very far because, again, like when you're using realism you know you can only go so far and do so much especially when we're in uniform so with us you know there's no uniforms it's purely animation and you know that the, the sky is the limit you know with, with how impressive you can be <laughs> now this is supposed to cover all the characters have uh, uh other than honorable discharges am i correct yes <laughs> yeah that 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 so you know, most veterans only serving four years uh, uh, and honorably discharged. Do you think that will create be a little separate, or is that just something to uh, up the characters? The thing about them is they're human. Like I said, you're always seeing the hero story or the guy struggling story. You never really see about the people that are in between. And we're four people who are kind of in between. And it's not that they they had horrible military careers, horrible military careers. It was just one particular instance that happened that could change your life forever 
you know, so it's, they all have things that happen. Like you can see a little bit about Major. Um, she comes home from leave and catches her husband in a bed with a woman and she just happens to be holding her gun and it happens to go off a, f- a couple of times and people die, you know? So it's things like that, you know? And I, I, you know, I don't remember like at the back at the beginning of around the, the, the start of the um, Iraq war, there were um, these uh, soldiers stationed at Bragg who had, you know, wives that sent them Dear John letters and they came home and killed their wives, you know? So they went and, you know, served honorably, had heroics overseas, but then came home and like snapped, you know? So those are the stories that you don't usually hear about. And so we wanted to cross, you know, the gambit on, you know, things like someone has, you know, had a great career, disagreed with their commander and punched him in the face. And then, you know, that ruined their career. So it's to put, uh, to show us in a human mode as opposed to on the pedestal, you know, doing everything right. Because I think people sometimes forget we're human. And then when things happen, they're like, oh my God, what happened in military career? And you're like, hey, life happens to us all. You know, PTSD happens and can change your directory. Um, Jesus, for instance, I don't want to give away too much, but... Mm-hmm. He was a drill sergeant on top of his drill sergeant game and went to Iraq. Um, IED blew his leg off. Now he he ends up homeless. That's how he meets Axel and Brandon. So it's those types of things. But he didn't want to leave the military and ultimately, you know, got in trouble on his way out. So it's things like that that happened. It's not that they were all doing something that was, um, you know, mischievous. But, you know, sometimes life hits you. You're not ready for it. And dealing with the other issues we have, you know, things happen. Now you are primarily the writer for this, correct? The script writer? Writer, director, and producer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you've got to gather up and the, so you're managing this whole gathering of, um, of collaborations. Um, and how long has this been going on now? I've been working on this for a little over two years. Okay. Okay, and yeah. and um, so and you have plenty of energy and 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 uh, uh, spit and vinegar to keep it going for maybe another year, two, three. How how much longer do you think you're gonna roll with this? Well, you know, I'm I'm thinking that the thing with discharge is there's there's not anything like it. No one has ever thought to channel veteran stories using comedy and animation. So I think it will pick up very quick. You know, once we're going through the festivals and getting some buzz, um, you know, we won Best Pilot at the Hoboken International Film Festival, and that's the first time filmmaker that was cool. But again, it was different. You saw a lot of people doing pilots, but they're realistic pilots, and they're you know, comedy. But at, at the end of the day, you know, you can only get you can only do so much with you know pilot episodes that kind of the same subject matter. And so, but I think the fact that it's so different is why it did so well. And I think, you know, picking up some steam, going into more of the festivals, um, you just, it just only takes one person to see it and get it. Yeah. To- yeah. And that's a good thing because I see as you keep rolling along with this and you pick up awards and recognition, it should be easy for you to start garnering sponsors for what you do. Yeah. Just keep gathering those little like salad head things. Yeah. <laughs> every Noros, the lovely Noros. Yeah. <laughs> Never knew what those were called. I just, 
I, I never put them on any of my. I used. I I've done several films. I've never put them on any of my posters, any of my anything. I didn't. I figured people were collecting them like Pokemon. Like people would literally be jumping in every festival they can just to just to fill up a collage with them. Which which you are not doing. You're you're picking and choosing. Uh, uh, good festivals that don't even want want it out on a uh, 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 public right now. Um, yeah, so like I mean, with anything dealing with Hollywood, you know, a lot of the bigger festivals are always going to be political, and they want the mm-hmm. best. They're in the biggest stars. So if a star wrote a movie that sucked, they probably still pick them because hey, it's an athlete or whatever, you know. So, right. but that's why when you put in the material you have to put something that grabs their attention now we probably would never make those top festivals but like one in particular that we applied to called series fest which is a huge festival it's only been around four years but it's huge because of the branding and the backing that it had and they have like huge stars and like is it lady antebellum is that how you say it yes okay i'm i'm trying to you know i don't know like all the rock groups but like they headline there so like it's a huge festival and we didn't make it into the screening, but we we're invited to pitch directly to networks. So it's just like, I'll take that, you know? So they're like, we were really impressed. Like I said, you know, it could have been an animation that kicked us out because it wasn't, you know, it ain't Disney or Pixar, but the story captured them and they want to see us in person and have us pitch it. So, it, you know, it's, it's things like that that still happen, even though you might not make it, there might be another connection that comes out of it based on who sees it. Yeah, uh, it's important to mention that there are way more festivals than what people think of. I know there's a lot of people like, oh, uh, we have to do our first run at Sundance or here or there. <laughs> well, after you do your first run, wherever that may be, for me, I still usually just put, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. Afterwards, you can go so many other places. There's always another festival. There's always, you know, it's, you know, like you're going to Gen Con and there's a billion Comic Cons that uh, do some great movie stuff. I know we've we've been shown in, uh, or at least I've had movies shown in, in Indiana Comic Con, uh, uh, Tampa Comic Con, and of course, a ton of volunteer stuff. There's always another festival. Trauma Dance. Um, oh, um, what's that festival that's going in Lincoln Park? We just talked to the organizer this weekend um, oh it's some sort of downriver film festival in november um, um we'll advertise that later we'll have him on the show in a couple of weeks i'm sure um yeah it's film festival season in case anyone didn't realize it film festival <laughs> season uh overlaps with convention season that's why we don't sleep anymore um now going back to your cartoons and animation well animation not cartoons well okay same thing what yeah what inspired you what what uh how would you say um what uh creator as far as an animator when you were thinking about okay i want my animation my story to look like this what uh what animators did you turn to for their uh technique for their style i would say my biggest influence is seth mcfarlane oh yeah is a guide in animation and I saw this earlier stuff and like I say, look at this animation, you really didn't care because it was a story, you know, yeah. and I there's a people were drawn to. And so when I was putting everything together, I'm like, you know, it is it, it's my story that I have to sell animation because I always get better. But you know, Family Guy got canceled early on, but then it was picking up so much momentum and syndication, people were like, oh wait, this is actually, you know, something great. And you know, then he's been rolling for years. But yeah, he was definitely you know, um, my, my biggest influence. Right on, right on. Um, 
any any other animators, any other uh, creators? Um, I can't think of the oh, is it Seth Green, the guy who does robot chicken? Yeah. Oh yeah. He's pretty good. And then the guy who did the Simpsons, Matt Groening. Yes, yep. Matt Groening. Yes. Oh yeah. Groening. Yeah. Him. Yeah. So you know <laughs> me. You know I I watch. You know, Disney and things like that. This is definitely not Disney genre. You know, uh, we all grew up on Bugs Bunny and we all knew like Bugs Bunny was a little bit flamboyant. It's, it's amazing, like watching cartoons now as an adult. And you're like, wow, they used to do some really gay stuff um, in animation back when we were kids. But we never knew what they were doing. But it was just, you oh, know. Yeah, all the political it, overtones that they had yeah. in oh, cartoons yeah. as well. It's funny because I didn't realize how much I learned off of cartoons, especially the, the mm-hmm. even the Looney Tunes ones. Oh, yeah. Like, I yeah. didn't realize um, I was doing some kind of trivia thing. Someone was asking about planes. Like, oh, that's this. And I was like, how do I know that? Oh, Bugs Bunny, like, like said it when he was writing one of these. And uh, yeah. how did I know all this? I yeah, learned I from watching cartoons. The Bugs Bunny taught me. How did I that watched, happen? Right, when I first watched Bugs Bunny as an adult, I was like, man, that dude is like gay. He's always in drag and kissing people. I'm like, how did I miss this as a child? As a child, you're not looking at it. But, you right. know, they were edgy back then. But, you know, like, you didn't know it as a kid. It was just, oh, it's funny. Kiss the guy in the mouth or whatever. But, you know, yeah. Bugs yeah. Bunny. You know, same thing with, like, Bert and Ernie. I'm still worried. I'm still... <laughs> Wait for them to come out. It's okay, guys. We're you know it's inclusive. It's all love, but you know. And the controversy still goes on with these two. <laughs> right. It never ends. Now they're saying they're from outer space. But wait a minute. No, they're asexual. No, they're this. <laughs> There's something. They're I pan. Was it pan? I Pots and pans. Sexuals anymore. Just <laughs> be whatever you want. Sexual. <laughs> I'm gonna be skillet sexual. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, in the military, you see, it seems like you look around and they're like, well, that looks like a TV show right there, just because these guys are so bored, they're doing really dumb stuff. And is is that part of the foundation of making it a cartoon, just because people wouldn't believe that there's things like this out there? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you know, I think some people are going to be reconsidering their thank yous for their services and their handshakes um, once <laughs> <laughs> but you know that that culture of you know sarcasm and you know being you know borderline inappropriate is how you got through the tough times mm-hmm. oh and so that's that's pretty much how we survived and it, we still have that same level um of camaraderie camaraderie and you know, inappropriateness that some people frown on you know once we get out the military but it stays with us you know, we're not trained from basic training. You know, nobody's, you know, giving you candy uh, or giving you ice cream when you miss your target. You know, they're in your face. They're down your throat. You know, they make you regret it. So you you, not, you never want to miss your target again. That's how we're trained. You know, when you mess up, you're not told, hey, try it again. You're told to un-F yourself and all those types of things. So, you know, so the people that don't understand, don't work, don't understand why we're so crude. But that's how you train fighters. You make them tough. You push them to their limits. And, you know, that's just the, you know, the beauty of it. <laughs> right on, right on. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, wait, you missed that target. Oh, have some ice cream. Well, no, 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 that target could be somebody else with a gun. 
Now, and if you miss them, they're going to hit you. Now I want ice cream. <laughs> you and your buddy if you don't kill them, but you know, that's, that's just what it is. Yeah. Well, maybe they'll buy me ice cream. I don't know. <laughs> Oh man! So okay, so yeah. you, you we're we're listening to all these great great stories of uh, of stories of war and great Ulysses. But back to your cartoon, your animation. Um, oh, wow! Uh, what play? In what place do these uh, was the stories take place? So the story, the story takes place, you know, just just as they're moving to Hollywood. So Axel, um, they were all unemployed and struggling and Axel lands a job as a multi-million dollar stuntman and instead of hiring Hollywood people, he hires his team. Okay. Uh, which I voice, she's his bodyguard. Uh, Jesus is his manager and Brandon, the Air Force guy, is his personal assistant. Um, and so it takes, it, it takes, um, sorry, starts off with them entering their new mansion with the whole neighborhood standing outside, you know, yay, with the parade and everything. And they go in their house and close the door because veterans are going to like all that pomp and circumstance. <laughs> um, and, you know, from there, it, it's, it's, it has flashbacks of, you know, how they met and like the things that they, that they went through. Because people always want to know, well, why would all, why, why would all four of people be living in a house? Like how do they meet? So that kind of like set, sets the tone to get that out of the way so people can, Okay, get get that out of their minds and then move forward with the you know the rest of the series. It's kind of like a dysfunctional veterans version of Entourage. <laughs> it, that's yes, and you know so they're all around these Hollywood people who have no clue uh, you know about service, but they are you know always rallying around the flag, and so these veterans are giving them a you know a, a dose of the good, the bad, and the ugly side of patriotism. Why Hollywood? Because, you know, people say, you know, we have such a, you know, tough transition back into civilian life. You know, imagine what that transition would be like if they're in Hollywood, you know, with all these people who are rich and famous, you know, throw money at everything. And us being a very, you know, frugal, you know, type people. And also, you know, we wanted to put them in like a most extreme environment of where everything could go wrong. <laughs> would be just the best place. So you know, um, we just wanted to do, make something different. But you know, you can just tell from well, you, when once you see it, you know how they relate to some of those people. And you know, sometimes the people they're being offensive to you, but they don't know they're being offensive to you. Um, but they think they're saying something like really cool because people watch TV and play Call of Duty and think you know like that's what the military is like, and it's not. <laughs> Have you ever uh, worked in Hollywood or lived uh, um, in California? I've never lived in Hollywood. Um, I worked, I was a subject in a documentary called Served Like a Girl um, that came out last year that was um, picked up and distributed. um, And that did really well. And so I had a connection of Hollywood through that documentary. Um, and I still keep in co- close contact with those people. And so I was able to, you know, I, I, I listened and just, you know, observed the entire time I was going through that because, you know, you see how fast, you know, when the documentary is rolling, you know, you put up on the pedestal and everybody's like, oh, great. And then, you know, once the documentary is done, you like kind of go back into your hole. Um, but that's just the, the nature of the beast. So. Great talking to you. Now get the hell out of my studio. <laughs> I, I got five more people outside. <laughs> Grab some ice cream on your way out. Yeah. Take it easy. 
you know, but it's all about, you know, when you're going through those situations, you know, you, you have to make connections because, you know, at that point, you're that, that big thing, you're the, you're hot, you know, then once the next big thing comes along, you're like their last project. So the thing is to, you know, always network. And when we were talking about, um, I watched 1517 to Paris the other day and, oh my God, I, I, at least, I think it's like a 90 minute movie, but I need like 60 minutes of my life back watching it. <laughs> oh, because the movie is like, that's that true story using the yeah. people who are really involved on yes. the, on the, uh, was it on, on the railway, on the commuter? Right. Yeah. That's what it's about when they were in Paris. Um, they were on the train, those three, those three friends. And so like, I'm watching that and it was like one scene where I think he forgot his rucksack or something. And so they turned like the whole Humvee around, like the whole convoy around to go get his rucksack in back in some Iraqi town. And I was like, that would never happen. No, 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 no. You know, it it was a, like the, the best part of the movie is actually like the train part. And, and so, but it was just like, you know, you look at their earlier lives and things like that, but it wasn't a whole lot of what we do in the military imparted into the story. And that's why it kind of like lost me because I think they were trying to sanitize it a bit. But I'm like, no, if you're going to use the real people, like they show one guy struggling with weight, which some of us have, and, you know, that's how he joined the Air Force. We didn't fit in in anywhere else. And then, you know, he ended up like a hero. So it was just like the movie didn't really, but it was, I mean, it was great honor for what they did, but it's like, you know, when dealing with veteran stories, I think that, you know, you have to tell the parts of the stories that you don't, you are afraid for people like to, you know, to hear because it's like real. Yeah. And I've heard it said quite a few times where it's like, why do veterans always have to be, serious why why did the soldier or whoever why do they always have to be serious in every single movie why can't we get like that scene where they're in the porter shitter drawing the penis because that's totally <laughs> that's a big part of it too <laughs> and that's why movies like or the little part work you know we uh, um in the army now that's why they work because the satire is really not that much satire <laughs> you know, so it's just like, yeah, people actually do that. Um, and that's why it's funny. And that's why those things work, because we don't always want to be reminded about the serious and the war and the explosion and those types of things. But, you know, some people love it who never lived it and it's exciting to them. But it's for you. It's just like, I don't want to see that stuff, you know. So we're trying, we're staring clear from it. We're telling the stories, but again, we're not making it so somber to the point where you're just like, oh my God, you know, you know, we're not trying to send anybody back down a negative place. We're trying to take it to a positive space. What do you think's the difference using characters that are veterans versus if you use characters that were active and they were currently in the military? You know, um, well, first I didn't, I was shopping around and I'm like, again, I'm a brand new director. And I'm shopping around for voices because basically what you're looking for is voices. And so I said, well, you know, let me reach out to this voiceover company. And so you send them, you know, little snippets and they come back with voices. The thing about like people who are civilians, they think like all military dudes, like we said, hey, let me, here's a few lines for a Marine. And everyone that sent back a voice sound like a douchebag. 
So for some reason, um, civilians think Marines sound like douchebags. Military characters have that, you know, it was just like, hi, I'm Axel. And I'm like, who talks like that? <laughs> you know, I, th I think society's really been, uh, you know, whitewashed by G.I. Joe. I mean, somebody's going <laughs> to kill me for saying that. But once that yeah. happened, all of a sudden, it's like, well, everybody's like G.I. Joe. And that's yeah, not the case. Major hazard. <laughs> like, who talks like that, you know? Well, I'm sure a few people think I sound like a douche nozzle, so, I mean. You sound like a toten. <laughs> so, I met Penny because he said, hey, I'm a, I'm a voiceover actor, the guy who does Axel. And he's like, I'm a Marine. Can I send you some um, clips? And I was like, sure. And he sent it to me. I was like, wow. And I was like, so, like, you know, how did you start doing voiceovers? Like, you know, how do you do this voice? He's like, this is my normal voice. And you listen to him, and like, you know, he, they just match the characters. But, like, the wildest thing is, like, Axel actually looks like this guy. If you see Penny in real life with the big beard and everything, like, and I said, you know what? We can, we can do this because, again, it's animation, you know, so you never know what people look like behind the scenes. Like, many people don't know that um, Cleveland is voiced by a white guy from the Cleveland, Cleveland Brown show from Family Guy. Like, many people don't know that, but he is. But, again, it's not always... You know, it's, it's the voice that matches and not always what the person looks like behind the voice. Um, yeah, there was some controversy at that, actually. There was actually quite a few people upset when the, when they found that out. <laughs> I was just like, man, that's cool. You know, it's a job like any other job, you know, but I, I, I was just like, I was impressed. Yeah. You know? <laughs> a lot of people forget the part about voice acting where you have to act. Yeah. Right. And you have to do it all with your voice versus being able to rely on your eyes and body movement. You have to become yeah. that character in just your voice. Yeah, yeah and then when you're in the studio, like you have to do the movement and motions and like you're doing everything as actually as you're actually doing it. And then reference the other characters. Um, yeah, I just, I, I knew Earl um, from a, a mutual friend. And so Earl's the guy who voices Brandon. And, you know, Earl in real life is a hard charging, you know, combat, you know, wounded veteran, you know, who was a grunt and he voices the Air Force Pope. But if you would, you would never look at Earl and think that's his voice because of everything that he does. He has a very like nerdy type sounding voice, you know, he's a, you know, a trained killer. And I was like, yeah, you're going to be Brandon, you know, and so you just look for different things, different people, but also the the other connection with Earl is, um, you know, he lost his brother, um, his twin brother and a fellow soldier to suicide. And again, you know, like mental health was one of the reasons why I started this. And so I really wanted him to be part of the project because I know personally resonate with him, you know, why I decided to do it. And um, Jesus is voiced by Jonathan Lopez. He's a, um, disabled veteran, but he was wounded in a car accident and caused him to have to stop his military career. He lost one of his arms, but he's our Jesus. And, you know, he has that, you know, super thick Hispanic accent and it just meshes and it just, everybody just fit in, you know, like a, a round peg. So. Mm -hmm. Cool. Excellent. It sounds like you got all your characters together. Speaking back of what, you know, fitting the person and the character and the personality of the speech with the character that you've drawn you know i would have never guessed it would have been john cena doing the uh, pistachio elephant so you know <laughs> that was john cena yeah that's john cena oh okay he also voiced ferdinand he did you know what 
I, I'm pretty sure people are going to hate me, but like, I don't think John Cena is an awesome actor. Um, well, maybe because I, you've only seen him in the flesh and maybe one or two movies. I, I, I've seen else was the voice. <laughs> I've seen the Marine. I totally agree with you. He's a super. He's a super wrestler, and he does really good in that arena. But like, I was really excited they were making a Bumblebee movie, and then I saw John Cena was in it, and enthusiasm plummeted. <laughs> I I don't drink much anymore, but when I watched the Marine, which which I was way late on that boat, I only watched it a couple weeks ago. Um, I I think I started drinking again. Um, well, I love him. I love the True Grit reality show, though. I loved them in the True Grit reality oh, okay, show where yeah. he was hosting. Uh, oh, you talking about American Grit? American Grit. That's it. True Grit was a good movie. I meant the stupid yeah, reality show. Yeah, he was great American Grit because he wasn't acting. <laughs> <laughs> It's like don't act, don't memorize, just do your thing. Just you know? be yourself. <laughs> yeah, just be yourself. And oh wait, we have a voice uh, acting role for you. You're gonna voice a bull who He's likes like, to smell flowers. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm just sorry, but when it comes to like action. You know, The Rock is just, he's a way better action guy than John Cena. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Rock he is did, just. He did, a, he did Moana and crushed it. Like, you know, he was like, man, he guys a great animated character, too. Like, I don't know. Everyone <laughs> loves The Rock. He, he's one of those guys, if you want to run for any political uh, uh, any political position, he'll make it just because everyone loves him. Yeah, but he also, he's also, you know, he's a great actor, too. Like, he can yeah. actually act. Um, Absolutely. I wonder. How, I wonder when The Rock manages to get sleep. You know, because he's doing so many things. <laughs> no, right. Yeah. I already. Okay. When he does sleep, he goes down like a rock. Um, that was bad. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Pistachio. But, but everyone Pistachio. will know when he's awake and he's make making breakfast because you could just smell what The Rock's Scott cooking. cooking. <laughs> Don't you smell what the rock's are cooking? <laughs> what does John Cena do? What does this mean? That means he can't see him. He's like six five, two hundred and fifty. You can't like, see you, dude. Can't see me. <laughs> oh, oh! I thought of another movie John Cena was in. He was halfway decent in Scooby Doo, uh, a wrestling movie. They had the, he, a he Scooby Doo yeah. wrestling movie. Yeah, it took place WWE, huh? I, have, I refuse to watch. I've seen it like all the time on um, Netflix, but I refuse to watch it with my son because I can't have John Cena ruining Scooby Doo for me. I just. <laughs> I I'm not going to say anything bad about the guy, you know, especially when his one arm, he has more circumference on one arm than both of my legs put together, you know? Have you seen my husband? No. He would bitch slap John Cena, so he don't. <laughs> not afraid of him. I actually have a real Marine in my house, so John Cena would never show up to my door and leave. So that that does it, John Cena. You you went, you made that Marine movie, and that was it. <laughs> you know, you've got to do something else to like, uh, you know, uh, rede- you know, redemption for yourself. So somehow, some way, you, you've got to, you know come up with another movie to uh, somehow blank out the memory of the Marine. <laughs> right. He's, Didn't he's they a, make a sequel uh, to that? He's a huge fan base. Really nice person, but just acting, meh. And maybe it was the submarine. <laughs> <laughs> I want a Submariner movie. Does that count? Oh, they, there's, so much hate. 
I'm gonna get so much hate from John Cena fans now. <laughs> they, they're trying to work on. Actually, they, they've got all the rights they have to work on with the Submariner because his character, Prince Namor, he has. Um, it's so entrenched into when Marvel sold off the characters to different uh, movie studios that oh. that Disney and Marvel have been trying so hard over the past. 10 years to try to bring back the characters that Marvel sold off on the 80s. Oh, that's right, because to, he, he was, uh, for a while, he was primarily known as a Fantastic Four character. Yeah, well... But I thought he predated that. Maybe he didn't. Oh, yeah, Submariner was actually the first comic book character to fly. To fly. I said it. I yes. said it before you did. Haha. Yes, well... A namer, not Namor. Not or is it, wait, Namor, is it Namor or Namor? Namor. You're backwards, it's Roman. I'm it's sorry, Namor, we're yeah. just a bunch of comic Prince, book geeks. Prince Namor, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So it's going to be a while before we see a Submariner movie. Yeah. Just like it's going to be a while before we see a uh, Solomon Grundy movie. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or that we have, uh, what is it, John Cena as uh, Solomon oh. Grundy. <laughs> you know, oh, that way we could kill him, bring him back, because we do like him, and then we'll kill him again. And then Monday comes, and we're <laughs> running classics. <laughs> so, how would you describe um, the the cartoon to civilians that know nothing about the military? So you would say, well, our, our tagline is a a mis a mismatched quartet of not so honorably discharged veterans unleash the good, the bad, and the dark side of patriotism on Hollywood. Wow, you know I'm gonna congratulate you on saying that and not twisting up the word. Wow, I don't awesome. think I think I would physically trip trying to uh, get trying to say that line. <laughs> you said it like a million times. You kind of you kind of get it, but no, it's you know it's. Again, it's uh, it's sharing veteran stories and comedy and animation. So there are some serious tones to it, but most of it's just, you know probably ninety percent silly and ten percent serious. But it it puts us in a human light, you know, with, with our mistakes and our flaws, and not just glorifying us because we wore a uniform. So, and where can people find uh, more information about this? So again, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. You can also go to www.dischargecomedy.com. And Mark, do you have any more questions? Yeah, will any of your characters be uh, riding around on motorcycles? You know, they all, they have one monster truck. So Right on. That's what they drive around in. You know, like the, the series is, you know, still so young. Um, but they all show up together, like, so that's their only vehicle. But, you know, as Axel gets, you know, more prestigious out in Hollywood, you know, maybe they'll branch off and, you know, buy their own cars and stuff. But they just have that one vehicle of which Jesus likes to park in the grass. Right on. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mark, where can people find Uh, you? Crazymark.com. And, of course, I'm Toden from Toden.com and MediaLittersSandwich.com. You can find the podcast, the audio version on so many, all your favorite podcast apps. If we're not on there, let us know so we can try to get ourselves on there. Uh, But I just saw a whole list of a bunch of podcast apps the other day, and I checked every single one, and we were on all of them except for one of them that was a network and not an actual podcast app. So, I mean, we're on a ton of them. And if you want to listen to us uh, uh, and participate in the conversation, you go to uh, 
our Facebook group, uh, Media Layer Sandwich, we have a Facebook group. We totally talk to everyone, and people can self-promote as well, self-promote their own projects, or you could go over dvradio.net. Uh, and uh, Tuesday nights, uh, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern time zone uh, on Tuesdays, uh, you can participate in our chat room and just check out all the other shows on DV Radio. Uh, their podcasts are fantastic. You know, several other shows are on podcasts. You got Barracks Talk, you got Disgruntled Discussions, you got PTS Dogs, so many great shows. Uh, just go check out dvradio.net. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, huge shout out Turtle Trinkets, who's our sponsor again today. And we do accept uh, sponsorships. If you're curious, email us at. Did you just do the money single, seriously? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> you can email us uh, at podcast at medialittersandwich.com. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed our discussion. Check out the website. We should have information on where we'll be recording our 100th episode up real soon. It's probably already up on the website. Bet you five cents that's already up there. And may the algorithms, algorithms be in your favor. favor.